Are you ready to take your leadership in your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate their leadership approach, evolve their organizations, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders identify disruptive trends and develop strategies to transform themselves and their organizations into industry leaders. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I am also a fellow with the International Leadership Association. I am delighted that today our guest is Dave Cherry. Dave brings 20 years of strategic consulting experience focused on strategy, in parentheses, digital, customer experience, and innovation, and advanced analytics. He's worked with and for leading organizations such as L Brands, Polo Ralph Lauren, Asina Retail Group, Journeys, DSW, Disney, Alliance Data, Nationwide Insurance, AEP, Huntington Bank, Cardinal Health, Ohio Health, Deloitte Consulting, and PricewaterhouseCoopers. So he's worked a lot of places with organizations we know. He holds a BS in economics from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania and serves on an International Institute of Analytics expert panel and also as an advisory board member to Women in Analytics Conference and CBUS Retail. So again, Dave knows everything retail, especially in Ohio and globally. So what we're hoping to accomplish from this conversation today that is titled Boring Retail is Dead, Long Live the Customer Experience Industry. So retail and all other industry segments as we know them are dead or dying. The only industry that remains is the customer experience industry and everyone is part of it unless you don't have customers and then you have a bigger problem, obviously. Customer expectations are raised with every interaction and the only way to stay competitive is to combine content with context to build lasting connections with your customer. In this interview with Dave Cherry of Cherry Advisory, we'll discuss how to do that in today's customer experience industry. So Dave, welcome. Thank you, Maureen. Good to be here. It is good to be sitting in a room with someone I consider a friend. I appreciate that same so, do you want to give us any background before we jump into the questions? Yeah, well, just in, in terms of the conversation that we're going to have today, there's the most critical thing when you think about some of the favorite companies and brands with, within which you interact. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about this, but it's more than just transactional. There's an emotional component to that. And you can think about Mm -hmm. that in personal relationships, professional relationships, when you're buying things, there's something more to that. And when brands figure out what exactly that is, and it doesn't matter if you're buying shoes or if you're buying coffee or if you're buying uh, a taxi or a flight or a hotel room, 
how do we figure out what that is? Because when you create an emotional connection with somebody, just like a friendship, mm-hmm. you create something that's lasting, something that is meaningful, that's more than just a one-time thing. And that's what's most important. And what's happening today, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, is these lines are blurring across all of these traditional industry segments. So when we say industries are dead, it's in these industry segments as standalone components okay. that are separate from one another because they're all blending together. And we'll talk about in a little bit how those experiences are changing and combining and impacting how all these different providers treat you as a customer. And so as a consultant, even though I don't run a retail operation, I don't sell shoes or mm-hmm. coats, This still is relevant to me and how I run my company because I still have customers. Not only is this relevant to you and as well as myself as an individual consultant, I've actually talked to folks. In fact, earlier this week, I was advising a recent graduate from the Ohio State University as he's moving into the job market. And Mm -hmm. it was the same thing. You've got a lot of people out there that do the same things that we do Mm -hmm. that can offer a product or service in a transactional nature. Mm -hmm. But what is unique about you? What makes you stand out from others? Is it the service that you provide? Is it a value proposition from a cost standpoint? There's other dimensions, and we'll Mm -hmm, talk about mm -hmm. that when we get into the the con retail success matrix. But what is about you that differentiates you and makes you stand out, makes you meaningful and memorable that creates that lasting relationship? That works, again, both in corporate B2C world, in in relationships, again, as as an individual trying to get a job or as independent. And the consultants. Mm. And so I'm going to use myself as, as an example to illustrate, and also because I'm curious and always want to get better. Yeah, so um, hopefully I don't sound like I'm a bad business owner. No, well, you'll get some free consulting out of it. That's what we're always here for and happy to do. (laughs) Yeah, except most of your interactions you probably don't record so that people hear how how uninformed (laughs) they used to be. Okay, so many of us read reports about the retail apocalypse, Mm -hmm. stores closing, brand bankruptcies, and more retail is dead talk. Let's start off our discussion by talking about it. Is retail dead? People like me are still going to keep buying clothes. Yes. People like most of us, hopefully, will still buy clothes. And we have to get them somewhere. Yes, we, we absolutely do. And when we think about the retail apocalypse, I mean, stores are closing. We, we read on news reports and blogs all the time about this apocalypse and stock prices are down and store closings are down. And we read about brands and businesses going out of business. You know, you know even here in, in, in Columbus, one of the iconic brands we've had for such a long time, The Limited, right? It, it went out of business. And at the end of the day, what's happening is boring retail is dead. And boring retail is is delivering a product that is that doesn't have any compelling nature to it. Mm-hmm. It's hard for us to understand why that brand exists from a okay. product standpoint. So when you think about creating your connection, you need to have content. And mm-hmm. your product has to have something about it that's meaningful. And whether it be your quality, it can be a, a feature, a function, something like that. But then you also have to have some kind of a context. And, and in a lot of the retail world, we're talking about a store experience. And so okay. what happens in that store? How is it experiential? How do I make that customer feel special? How do I give her a reason to be in the store? And so one of the best examples that we talk about in terms of retail is dead is Toys R Us. 
Mm. And if you think about it, I'm sure you've, you've purchased toys from there in the past. And if you think about the last time that you were in there. I think I was thrown out in college. Yeah. For but, playing with the toys. But whether you're buying a, you know, shoots and ladders as a, as a board game or you're buying, you know, a stuffed animal or, or something. Lightsaber. What, what ultimately started to happen was there was nothing special about Toys R Us. It was simply a place to go to pick up the product and there were aisles and so forth, but nothing interesting, nothing experiential. You really didn't get a chance to play with the toys. That's why I got thrown out. Yeah, exactly. You're not allowed to. (laughs) But it was just in packages. And what happened Mm -hmm. was Amazon made it easier. I knew I was getting the exact same thing. I was getting it cheaper. And it was showing up on my doorstep. Why do I need to go to Toys R Us? They weren't giving us any reason, any compelling reason. They weren't making it interesting or exciting. Now, I'll contrast this with a, a really unique example here in Columbus, Eddie Bauer over at Easton Town Center. And if you if you haven't been there recently, let's just say you and I wanted to go over today in the middle of August and buy a winter jacket. It's pretty difficult to figure out how warm that jacket is going to be. It's about 85 degrees out. But they have something called the Eddie Bauer Icebox. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's chilled to below freezing. So we can go in there, and we can put on that jacket, and we can feel how warm that's going to be. Maybe we're taking a ski trip uh, somewhere. In the summer, do they have an Eddie Bauer Beach? I, they would be nice. I don't think they do. But you think about that's that's something. I can't get that from Amazon. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't tell how warm. I can read the specs. Right. It's got certain ratings. I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. But if I, now I have a reason to come in and check it out and talk to the person. So, again, boring retail, commodity-driven retail, it's going to be mm-hmm. beaten because the only thing that you have is a commodity. You don't have anything else compelling. So that kind of retail is dying, and it's being replaced by more experiential, more personalized, and more exciting and immersive retail okay. experiences. So not only is retail dead then, but you're also suggesting that other industry segments like insurance, banking, hospitality, travel, healthcare, and energy are also dead. So it's easy to think about my when you when you say retail, I buy clothes. And that's what I think of. And and I like interesting shoes. So I go to a shoe store that sells novel shoes made out of things like doorstops. Mm-hmm. And I love that experience. So expanding that now to a broader range of industries, companies in these spaces are clearly surviving and thriving, and some are not. So if they're not in the traditional industry segments, where are they? Well, again, what's happening is many of the, the ones that are doing well are viewing themselves as like retail so they're not okay. in your traditional retail segment. And most of us will define retail as you sell apparel or hard goods or shoes or whatnot. We don't think of a bank as retail, although the term retail banking is out there. But the bank is simply selling a checking account, a savings account, an auto loan, an equity line of credit. They're just intangible goods Thing, and services. Yeah, yeah. And so why should I buy that from Huntington? instead of from Chase, instead Mm -hmm. of from another provider. And if we don't have anything that provides something compelling, something interesting, maybe it's the service that I get at my local branch. Maybe it's the overdraft protection or the proactive fraud alerts that I get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unique things that separate and differentiate them. But what's happening is when you start to think about all these different 
segments and industry segments, they're starting to adopt retail mindsets because we as consumers have choices. We have more access with our mobile phones, with our internet. We can shop around and we can look at and compare all the different banks, all the different insurance providers, even from a healthcare standpoint. If you break your arm, do I want to go to you know Hospital A or Hospital B? I have a great story about that. I was on a business trip recently and I didn't realize I had contracted E. coli on vacation. Okay. So I got on the plane, I get there, I'm not feeling well. Day two, I'm not getting out of bed. So end of the day, I go to a urgent care. And they offer to put me in an ambulance and take me to an emergency room. The experience in the emergency room was about as good as one can have in an emergency room, mm-hmm. which... I don't go to emergency rooms often, so I, I haven't done the secret Most shopper thing. Most don't plan those trips. <laughs> <laughs> but the following two days, I got calls from doctors and pharmacists to see that I had was healing properly. Mm-hmm. Now, now, I'm sure there's a little bit of risk management in that, but I never imagined that a doctor was going to take time to call me and check on how were my symptoms and how was I feeling that just isn't, Again, I don't go to the doctor often, so maybe this happens now. But but it was a really positive experience that if I were to recommend people get sick and go to hospitals, mm-hmm. I would recommend this one in Colorado Springs because it was – I felt cared for well right. after – the experience, and I'm guessing they're not getting paid extra for those phone calls. Well, not only are they not getting paid extra, they're actually, and then the whole healthcare industry is changing. Historically, they wouldn't mind, you know, forget the Hippocratic Oath and the fact that they actually do care to mm-hmm. help you. Mm-hmm. But if you got sick again and you got and you made a second visit, they would have another payment from the insurance company. They would mm-hmm. actually make more money if you came in again. The healthcare industry is changing, and providers are now being incented based on kind of first contact resolution. So you go in there. They want to make sure that you picked up your prescription, that you're taking the proper medication, because they don't want to see you a second time. It's more expense, and they don't get more for that. So that's just one of the underlying pieces where they're being incented to give you higher service, higher quality. Because wellness is now more important than exactly. more visits. Exactly. Uh, another great example around the healthcare industry adopting more of a retail mindset and creating transparency is here in town, Ohio Health has, has created an app where you can check the wait time on an emergency room. So think of this example. You've broken your arm. Mm-hmm. The nearest Ohio Health emergency room is 10 minutes away, mm-hmm. but it has a 30-minute wait. There's also a second one that's 20 minutes away. Which one are most of us going to go to, absent the information? The one with 10 minutes away with the 30-minute wait. But I'd, if I have the information, I can get better service. I'll go to the one 20 minutes away and be seen right away. I get treated within 20 minutes instead of 40 minutes. It's a better experience, a better service. And that's a retail mindset coming into the healthcare industry to provide an elevated level of service to that customer. Well, you know, as you're talking about technology, now when I go downtown to park, I have this Park Mobile app, so I can tell where there were meters available. Mm-hmm. I don't have to drive around town. Now, how quickly I get there and run over somebody else trying to park in my meter is another question. But it, it, to your point, the customer experience for everything is elevating. So on that note, we're going to mm-hmm. go to break, and you're going to tell us after the break why it matters. Sure. So for our listeners, as we're as we are on break, 
I invite you to think about what was the best customer experience you've had recently and what was the worst customer experience you had recently and how will that impact your expectations of those organizations and of everyone. Dave and I will be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Okay, welcome back. You are with... Dave Cherry and Maureen Metcalf, and we are talking about boring retail is dead, long live the customer experience industry. So welcome to segment two. Dave, how did the customer experience industry come about and how does it work? And please give us some examples. Well, I'll tell you, it's been around for a long time. Not a lot of people utilize that phrase. Often when I talk about the customer experience industry, a lot of people look at me like I have a couple of heads or I don't know Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. So, well, what exactly is that? But if I were to name some of the companies that play in this industry, Mm -hmm. you'd recognize all of them. And in fact, the question that you just asked the listeners, think about your favorite company that you interacted with. Some of them are going to come back with traditional retailers. They're going to say Victoria's Secret or Bath and Body Works or so forth. Some of them might say... 
Marriott Hotels, Southwest Airlines, Google, Apple, you know, all these different companies. And, and what's happened is we as consumers, we use all these different companies. So this customer experience industry, it's been around for a long time. What's happening now is technology, communication, and transparency is connecting the dots across all of them. So we know we all use these different providers, we talk, we have information about what Netflix is doing and what Under Armour is doing and what's happening at Target and Lowe's and Coca-Cola and all these different places. We know what's happening. We know how they're treating their customers. We know how they're elevating their experience and their service and so forth. And we're also talking to each other right through social media. So our knowledge around what customers are receiving and what we as customers should be expecting keeps rising. Mm -hmm. And what we also as consumers are doing is we don't put people into boxes. We don't say, well, I'm working in my retail industry. Now I'm going to mm -hmm. become a insurance customer. Now I'm a banking customer. We're just customers. Everybody's the same. And so we've kind of blended. So it's really something that's come about, I think, in artists that companies have been around for a while, but the notion of a customer experience industry is relatively new. So as I'm looking at your logos, I'm thinking of people who have changed my expectations. Mm -hmm. So Netflix. Yep. I get messages from Netflix often telling me what I should be watching next. Uh, and, and as a periodic binge watcher, they're pretty close to right. Amazon, what books I might be interested in next. Pretty close to right. Southwest, I love. I also love Delta. And I'm a big coffee drinker. So Starbucks, especially when I'm traveling, I know I can get a consistent product. Correct. And Starbucks really started this in some ways that I would pay extra to get their coffee because of that I like the coffee, but also it was a good experience. Mm -hmm. For me, that was an early customer experience thing. Uber was a customer experience thing. Getting a cab in Columbus, Ohio, even if I ordered it the night before, to get to a flight, sometimes they didn't show up. Mm -hmm. It was a completely unreliable industry to me. And I'm not talking about in the world. I'm talking about at a point in time here. Uber changed that. Now I never drive to the airport. Mm -hmm. So... I do get that that has now elevated my expectation for everyone. And, and it's not only everybody across the traditional segments. It's also elevated based on size. We don't differentiate between a $10 million company or a $50 million company and what some of these major players that we've just mentioned mm -hmm. and what their capabilities are. So one of the great places, you know, local Jenny's Ice Cream, as an example, mm -hmm. we expect them to have the same level of personalization and capability that Starbucks has. You know, why can't I pay on my mobile phone? Why can't I do all, why can't I do the order ahead like Starbucks can? Why can't, mm -hmm. not realizing, and Jenny's is a great brand. They have a tremendous product, but I'm expecting perhaps some of the frictionless capability that Starbucks has created, why can't Jenny's do that? And some of that is not, a, not a, a slam on Jenny's at all, but some of it is where has Jenny's chosen to differentiate themselves and why do, why do people love Jenny's? And we go to Jenny's as an example because of the quality and the uniqueness of their product that I can't really get anywhere else and the craftsmanship mm -hmm. that that company puts into their product. And it's not because of how easy it is to, to get through the line in their in their scoop shop. Um, it's not about speed and efficiency. That's not why you go to Jenny's. 
So it's where they've chosen to play. But our mm-hmm. expectations are raised based on all these other interactions, whether you're big, small, or across whatever traditional segment you are in. So this, I think, is leading us into the model. How do we understand what customers are after across all of these domains? So first, tell us what the domains are. And we as consultants love quadrants. Yes. So I am looking at an image that Dave has uh, will be sharing with you, and it is, of course, in quadrants. Yes, we, we all love two-by-twos. And about... Um about eight months ago, I had the pleasure of meeting Barbara Kahn. Barbara is a professor at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania, my alma mater. And she wrote one of my favorite books. And I literally, as I shared with you earlier today, I carry it around with me everywhere I go. I love it that much. It's called The Shopping Revolution, How Successful Retailers Win Customers in an Era of Endless Disruption. And Barbara's book, essentially, she introduces what she calls the con success matrix. It's a two by two. So she makes a couple of very simple points. And I think everybody that listening can agree. We all love two things, more pleasure, less pain. I doubt there's a listener out there mm-hmm. that would, might be one or two that like the opposite, but most of us, we, we really <laughs> like those two. Yeah, we have terms for that. Yeah. And so when you think about what can we do to increase pleasure, any one of the companies that we've talked about, again, they typically can do one of two strategies. One is a brand strategy. So it's something about the brand. It might be, you know, for me, it's a Garmin watch that I know has a level of capability and quality. You mentioned Starbucks consistency, good quality. There's something about that name brand Mm -hmm. that you can identify with. That's a way of getting more pleasure. The second one is around experience. So both of us talked earlier about Nordstrom and the level of service we get, how easy returns are, how helpful they are. It's wonderful. They create an experience. Others are doing immersive things with augmented reality, virtual reality, all kinds of interesting, cool things that makes it fun to be there. But Mm -hmm. those are two different strategies, not Uh, Exclusive. You can have elements of both, but two different primary strategies that increase your pleasure. Likewise, let's reduce pain. Well, how do we reduce pain? One, the Walmart strategy, which is be the lowest cost or be a value provider. We're going to make sure that you're always getting the best value out there. And the other one is to make things convenient or the, the buzzword these days is frictionless. Again, Uber is the perfect example of that. I get out of the car. I don't have to do anything. That was so easy. You're so easy to work with. So what Barbara suggests in her model is figure out as a provider Which quadrant are you going to win in? Which one are you going to exceed customer expectations? And focus your efforts there. Now, you can't forget the other three. You have to be competent in those other three. But you don't have to be all things to everybody. So we go back to the Jenny's example. Jenny's isn't trying to be low price. Jenny's isn't really trying to be frictionless. That's not where they're going to win. They're winning on the brand the product, and some of the experience. There's different strategies based on where you are. So if you know where you are, that's how you can figure out how to win. Okay, so here's where I get to ask about my company. We talked a little bit about this before we got started. So product brand, Innovative Leadership Institute, part of our branding is these podcasts. Yes. And we are now syndicated across every major outlet. So we're accessible So that is the frictionless. Pretty much any place you go, you can type it in and it pops up. The quality of people we interview is high. 
So thank you for being a high-quality person. Thank you for the compliment. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't interview people that I don't think are thought leaders or executives who have insight that's interesting, because after all, we call it innovative, and if you're not innovative or interesting, it destroys my brand. Mm -hmm. So the brand is we help leaders elevate their quality of leadership and at the same time, innovate their organizations. So that's our brand. The experience, the podcasts are frictionless. Yes, they're easy to download. They're easy to find, easy to download. I can listen to them in the car, on the run, anywhere I can do a typical podcast. Uh, And if you actually think back, historically, when people put podcasts out, it was a a file on a web page. You had to download the MP3. Then you had, you know, it was... A pain and yeah, difficult. Yeah, now I listen to them in the car. Exactly. While I'm, well, and this is what I shouldn't be doing while I'm driving, looking them up, and yep. I mean, it's that low. And, and and think of that as an example. So when we talk about you don't have to be the best in everything, because that's kind of a basic expectation, I would say now, of podcasts, mm-hmm. right? And so you're not necessarily setting the market in frictionless, but you're right where people expect you to be, and that's good enough because your brand and the quality of what you're doing, and you're making people think. And, and hopefully together, we're giving somebody something to think about that's hopefully interesting and valuable, and then how can they apply that? And I had a great experience listening to Maureen and whoever her guest was that particular day. And they were engaging and interesting, and hopefully the time it flew by. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear who she interviews next. I hope it's better than the last one. And you know, you keep building, and what you end up doing, and Again, what the the listeners can't see is we have these arrows going out from the the beginning, increasing the expectation. So as you've done this, every interview you do, you're better than you were the last time. The quality of your guests are getting better, the quality Mm -hmm. of your conversations. And as a listener, I keep expecting more out of you. And so you're pushing your expectations up as well. And the industry is also pushing the expectations up because the caliber of people doing podcasts is upgrading. So I have to both, I do get better, I hope, and the expectation is now these big names like Oprah are doing podcasts, mm-hmm. and I'm competing with Oprah, yep. which is a tough, well, not, I'm glad and, we're in a different segment. And not only the quality, the quantity. Mm. Virtually anybody can put a podcast out there and come up with some differentiation on the word innovation Mm -hmm. and leadership. And again, what sets your podcast apart from the others? It's your brand. And you constantly have to work at that because as a listener, every time I listen, my expectation of you goes up. So then what's the experiential part? We've talked about frictionless. And so I'm, I'm looking at the the two-by-two matrix, there's low price, and if we look only at the podcasts, they're free. Mm -hmm. The other is we we curate content that is book-related, blog-related, articles, training, and in that we add the podcasts. So there is an experiential, I want to become a better leader, so I buy this product that is innovative leadership program for emerging leaders. And with that, you get this suite of content. The the interviews, there are over 200 now. So as a listener, you don't want to go figure out which one you need. Yeah. You want to open the, the app and see this delivered to your phone or desk or wherever. 
So to me, that's the experiential. Yeah, I, I would also suggest to you that I think the experience happens a little bit during the actual listening period. All right, so when people mm-hmm. are listening yeah. to us, hopefully they're entertained a bit, hopefully that they're informed, and we make them think. But the real kind of exponential lasting impact, so when you kind of can create a connection with the listener, it's what that person does afterwards, how they actually take the ideas, craft them into the context of what they are trying to do. So the person listening might be at a Fortune 20 company, they might be in a startup, they might be a college student, any number of people that are interested in this topic. How do they take these lessons and these ideas and personalize them and make themselves better and get a successful outcome for them? So the experience comes when they recognize that they've done something successful and they've been able to build on it and utilize the learnings and they recognize, boy, I learned that by listening to Maureen and her guests. That was really fantastic. And, and that's, that's the best feedback I ever get is, hey, I learned this on your podcast. Absolutely. And this is what I'm doing with it. Yes, absolutely. And that that is certainly my hope, that we don't do entertainment. We don't have puppies and kittens <laughs> and stuff. Uh, and for some people, we're a little too dense. So hopefully we are inviting people to think differently yes. about a wide range of subjects and put them into action. And if you think about that, again, the, the listening experience is about 45 minutes but the lasting experience that you can create in the listener can last you know days weeks months well hopefully a career right absolutely if we think of pivot points yes and a listener hears one thing Mm -hmm. in an hour or over a series of interviews that they fundamentally take to heart and put into action and that changes how they interact as a leader, set the vision for their company, navigate a crisis. One of our interviews that's been highly uh, relevant is on mentoring. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm a listener and I select a great mentor and that person changes the trajectory of my career, my entire career now changes Which is my, that's why we do this, right? Not that we lack other things to do. And that's where, you know, we were talking a little earlier, Marina, as you think about if you have opportunities to change your model or change something about Mm -hmm. your business, you can go back to the matrix and say, well, how will that impact my brand? Will it help it or hurt it? How will that impact Mm -hmm. the experience that I want from my listeners and from my future clients? And you go through each of the different quadrants Mm -hmm. and you, you it's just a framework to think about things. And if all things are positive and you think, boy, this Mm -hmm. is a great, this is going to be good for me. Great. And I understand the impact it's going to have on my business and my clients. So this week I made a decision yesterday about where we're syndicated and I made a choice to pay for syndication with a new service and so that makes us more frictionless and expands our presence so it changes the brand Mm -hmm. as far as its more prominent brand so this helps me think through if my investment doesn't move the needle on any of these it's probably a poor investment yep could be may drive my ego or something but that's really not why i'm in business yeah and it's expensive okay so we are going to go on break i encourage our listeners i'm going to read out this matrix so on the left hand side top corner is product brand bottom is low price and so those are the superior competitive advantage on the right side is experiential 
and frictionless. And these are increased pleasure and eliminating pain points. So that's the customer experience side. So as we go on break, I encourage you to think about which of those quadrants are most important in your organization. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. If you're an entrepreneur, you want to focus on the big picture. But a growing business requires compliance, regulations, tax issues, and more. Listen to Candy Messer and Biz Help for You. Our program takes the guesswork out of the equation in order to give you the answers and peace of mind. From payroll to labor laws to entrepreneurial tips, you'll find something new with each week's episode. Biz Help for You can be heard every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Okay, welcome back. You are with Maureen Metcalf and Dave Cherry, and we're talking about boring retail is dead. Long live the customer experience industry. So, Dave, if you know what customers desire and how we rate, then it should be relatively easy to create a strategy to deliver against those expectations. But I'm guessing, since I'm trying to do this, that it's not as easy as one would assume. It isn't. And if you you think about the quadrant and where you, your self-awareness as an organization, where you plan to win, where you evaluate yourself, where your customers think you are, right? And you might say, well, I'm going to win on brand or experience or so forth. Now, think about a very specific client. I'm actually going to use an example 
you know, you and I were talking about shoe shopping. Mm-hmm. And so let's just say we're talking about a, a client who's using this matrix as a shoe retailer. Okay. And we have you, Maureen, who, as of this moment in time, you have the exact same demographic profile, right? You are the same age, race, gender, and zip code as you are. That doesn't mm-hmm. change. Okay. You have the exact same transactional history with that retailer, right? You've bought X number of shoes, some dress shoes, some tennis shoes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, think about what you're looking for in respect to the matrix. On a Friday afternoon during lunchtime, you're in the middle of a busy day, and you go to the store, and you have 20 minutes. And this happens all the time because they're right down from the Panera. You want to be in and out quick. You are looking for? Frictionless. Exactly. And this is this is exactly right. me. Tomorrow. Now, this is Saturday afternoon. I'm still You're back busy. at the same shoe store, mm-hmm. and you're shopping with your girlfriends. You've had a couple glasses of wine, you're interested and you go in there and you want to hear about the Italian leather on the shoe. You want to hear about the latest celebrity who wore that shoe or endorsed it and you Mm -hmm. want to be pampered and you want to hear all about that. You're looking for? Experiential. And that's what you're not. And they'll give me more wine. Exactly. Because they know I'll buy if I drink more wine. Now, the next day, it's Sunday and it's back to school. And you're in the exact same store, and you've got the kids with you, and you've got three or four shoe boxes with you, and you're doing all this back-to-school shopping. Mm-hmm. And what do we as parents look for a lot of times with back-to-school shopping? Low price. Value. So okay. here you are. I'm the shoe retailer. On Friday, Maureen walked in and wanted frictionless. On Saturday, she walked in and wanted experience. On Sunday, she walked in and wanted low price. How do I deal with this? Like she me. just changed. Well, that's the issue. I have to know you. I have to know you as a customer. But one of the most critical things, when we talk about customer experience, the most critical and important path to a successful customer experience is a great and fantastic employee experience. Because when you think about physical retail and mm-hmm. customer experience and how you win, it's the investment in the associates, especially the emotional intelligence of that associate who can look at you and say, she looks busy. She's dressed professionally. She's checking her mobile device. She wants to be in and out quick. Or she looks a little bit tipsy with her girlfriend. Right? <laughs> Whatever it is. But I can see things that Amazon can't see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can figure out how you've changed your desire on multiple consecutive days. So I might need to, as a retailer, I have to morph. Because guess what you expect as a customer? I expect you to know when I want frictionless, when I want experience, when I want low price. And I might not tell you. You might have to read the signs. I usually walk in and say, I've got to be out of here in five minutes. I'm on my way to an event and I need X. Mm -hmm. So so I do tell that and just get frustrated. Mm, yeah. So this is really helpful. The point that a customer, even the same person, is not a customer the same way each time they return. We are all incredibly dynamic and unpredictable. 
Yeah, this is not helpful. <laughs> well, it is, in fact, very helpful, but it's not easy. Correct. So it feels daunting and difficult to know how and where to start to make progress. If I were your client, what would you recommend to me? So I think there's really three things. So the, the first thing is to understand the customer experience that you want to provide where you're going to win. And we talked about a couple of the different examples earlier where people will, you can leverage the matrix. Mm-hmm. And am I going to be the best brand, again, quality or consistency, or am I going to win based on service or low price or value? Figure out where you plan to win, mm-hmm. rate yourself accurately, and figure out where those gaps are. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's our overall customer experience strategy. Now, when we have those gaps, one of the best ways to close those gaps is through innovation and create okay. unique capabilities that help leapfrog the customer's expectation to deliver against that. And so if you have this customer experience strategy where you want to be, mm-hmm. and you can close your gaps enabled by innovation, So let me clarify innovation. So podcasts aren't innovative. Everyone's doing a podcast now. Or a bunch of people. Writing a book, not innovative. Writing a a blog, not innovative. And yet, for in my space, how I combine those is innovative. Yes. Is that an innovation? Or in your world, should I start over again? No. Combination and actually copying is innovation. So there's four types of innovation in the world, in my view. Number one, never been done before. Okay. That's not this, right? And when you think about never been done before innovations, years of research, millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. and so forth. Uber. Yeah. Second type of innovation, copy it from another industry or combine Mm -hmm. ideas. Okay. Right? That's a little bit of what you're talking about. So I'm I'm picking a little bit from here, a little bit from over here. I'm putting it together and creating something new. Or I'm copying Mm -hmm. from a a different industry. That's really impactful innovation and safe in a little perspective Mm -hmm. because you've seen it be successful elsewhere. The third type of innovation is is called fast follower. There's a few others in my industry that are doing Mm -hmm. it, but not everybody. Let me just be the fourth or the fifth in line. Well, and not in our size. So I'm I'm not McKinsey. They're doing this. Exactly. Now, the fourth kind of innovation really isn't innovation, but people view it as innovation, which is catch up, meaning I lack capability. I view it as internal capability to get there, but the customer base no longer sees it as innovation. A great example of that in the retail world is buy online, pick up in store. There are still Mm. lots of retailers that don't have that capability. And they internally often view that as innovative. But we as customers say, what took you so long? Mm -hmm. You're not innovative anymore. So if you can figure out the innovations that you can use to surprise and delight and leapfrog and create great expectations and meet and beat them, that's great. Mm -hmm. The other half of it is around analytics. And analytics do two things for you. They inform and they measure. And so when you start in terms of a decision modeling framework Mm -hmm. that we talked about, if you understand the action that we're trying to take, so maybe in your business, as an example, your intended outcome is, I want to create more listeners. And and we actually did a big analytics project where we looked at every show and all of the data we could find Mm -hmm. to 
figure out which ones had the most listens and maybe what were the commonalities between those so we could do more of either bring more of those kinds of guests or provide the blogs and other the things we did associated with that guest that may be unrelated to content yeah so so what where that goes to in this decision modeling based approach you may have two different tactics on how to attract more listeners Mm -hmm. and you're not confident and so the question is, well, why are you not confident? Well, I'm curious which one, you know, if I knew better the demographics, if I knew better how many were first-time listeners, if I knew all these different things, mm-hmm. I could make a better decision about tactic A or tactic B, which will give me more long-term listeners. Well, that, those become insights. And once we know the insights that you're missing as a decision maker... Mm-hmm. I can now go get the information and the data that you need to create those insights. And this is a huge piece of it. I have to combine it with your intuition and your experience because I have to understand the context within which you're operating, how risk averse you are, how conservative Mm -hmm. you are, whether you're the market leader, whether you're the startup or the new entrant. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that comes with the experience. You combine insight with intuition, you will make a better decision than you would if you only had one of those elements independently. So at the end of the day, if you understand your customer experience strategy where you want to be, you understand the gaps that you have, and you identify innovations to help you close those gaps, use analytical insights to help you make the right decision on which innovations will help close those mm-hmm. gaps, and then you use analytics to measure your progress, now you have a thriving customer experience strategy that's actionable and ultimately helps keep you alive in that customer experience industry so you avoid being one of those boring retailers or boring banks or boring insurance companies that is likely to get commoditized, replaced, and likely go out of business. Okay, that was a lot. So... You've just run through your entire business model and offering in about two minutes. And if other people retain what I did, and I've got the pictures in front of me, it's not that much. So for our listeners, can you say now what? what? You've just run this through, but I can't do it myself. I could call you, um, and I probably will. But But for everyone else in the world... What can they take away and actually do? Well, the first thing is, I would say, put yourself in your customer's position. Okay. Why, if you're, uh, whatever you are, you're a retailer, you're a bank, you're an insurance company, why should that customer buy something from you? What makes you unique and compelling? What content are you providing? Quality, Mm -hmm. capability, features. Do you understand the context within which your customer is operating? And are we creating a connection? And if you're not creating a connection somehow with your customer, it's not likely to be successful. To, To stay relevant and thrive, you have to have some kind of a connection. So think about what that is and, and why do you exist as an organization? What is your mission? You know, why do you exist? And so what, elevate the quality of leaders across the globe. Yep. That's why we exist. Exactly. But how do I create the connection then? Well, the connection, it is made through personal human interaction. It's very difficult. You know, not a lot of us feel an emotional connection to inanimate objects or um, intangible items, perhaps. I'm, I'm joking um, now, but yeah. But but if you think about the, the things that really matter to you, mm-hmm. it is your friends, your family, your colleagues, 
people that have made a meaningful impact. And there mm. is that element of human connection that really is impactful, that creates long-lasting relationships, that keeps you, especially from a business standpoint, we're all in business to make a little bit of money and to, to feed our lifestyles and so forth. Um, but many of us are not just the low-cost provider. So we have to justify that premium. Mm-hmm. And we justify that because of the premium, how we make our customers feel. Right? Do they walk away from the, the podcast feeling like, I learned something today. I think I can use that. Right? That's the connection that you're creating with your customer that's lasting. I can go read a book from an author that I've never heard of and I can't hear their voice and I don't mm-hmm. I don't get the sense, you know, from the tone of, of the caring, of the insightfulness, etc. It's more meaningful to hear it okay. from somebody that I trust. So again as a listener I'm going to walk away with an understanding of the matrix. Where do I fit? Where do I want to be? Especially through the lens of my customers. And what allows them to make a connection with me. Yes. And then I have to think about how do I innovate to close those gaps? Mm -hmm. And what analytics can I do to help me figure out what that innovation looks like? And did I get there? How do you improve your confidence? What, what in decision-making. Infor- what information are you missing that would lead you to improve your confidence? And those are the insights that you can have. Okay. And once you have that, you can make good decisions. Life happens. So not all of our decisions and our tactics turn out positively. That's okay. But that's also why we have to measure. So often, organizations will employ tactics, and business cases look fantastic, and projected metrics look great, but they never measure it. They just move on to the next thing. So mm-hmm. we actually don't know what worked and what didn't work. All right. So again, going back to your business, did you try a new tactic and you know listenership skyrocketed? Oh, I, I look at the data every week. And what was it? And what was unique about that that you did? Did you do something different intentionally or unintentionally? And what happened? Why did it happen? Did I? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Right. The self awareness and the constant measurement and figuring mm-hmm. out what you can do to get better, because again, you were in your business, your listeners, your clients were always expecting you to to give us more especially your repeat customers you taught me one thing once i want to learn something new and exciting beautiful so i want to wrap up and make sure people know how to reach you because i'm deeply appreciative of what you shared with me so as businesses realize that retail is dead and that every business is part of the customer experience industry it's imperative that they provide content and context to build lasting connections with their customers and stay competitive so the example for me is that people hear my voice and I talk about that I like shoes, I guess. But people know me better. I'm not just a talking head. You're memorable. You stand out from the other ones. (laughs) Wait till you see those red shoes. (laughs) So, Dave, thank you. And in your own voice, tell people where they can reach you and follow up with content that you're providing. Sure. So probably the the two best ways to reach me, email is just davecherry at cherryadvisory.com. Happy to connect with anybody there. And then the other place, if you're interested in, you know, commentary and relevant stories and articles and such, I do a whole lot of tweeting on at Dave Cherry. Um, and it's always interesting content that, that I think is insightful and is worth the read. So Cherry spelled C-H-E-R-R-Y. Thank you so much to our listeners. We are delighted that you have joined us again this week. We love to hear your feedback. We never get enough of it. Email me at info at innovateleader.com. 
connect with me on LinkedIn. Be sure to send me a message so I know who you are if we are not actual face-to-face friends. Or connect with us on Facebook at Innovating Leadership. Again, we love to hear your feedback, and we will give you a shout-out periodically on the radio shows. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us again soon. Thanks, Maureen. Thanks, Dave. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then and have a great week.